0: Loan officers, join the Mortgage Calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation.
1: Welcome, everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey. I am the COO of the Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez we are a correspondent lender that specializes in non-QM loans. What we do every Tuesday and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern is our loan officer sales training where we go, or excuse me, not sales training, loan officer training, where we go through some different topics here on loans. So Today's topic is going to be loan underwriting. So our sales manager, Jose, with 28 years of experience as a loan officer and a realtor, is going to give us some insight and shed some light on underwriting, how it works. And so we as loan officers know what's happening on the other end of that email or phone call or whatever it is when we're dealing with underwriters. So with that being said, Jose, I will let you go ahead and take over.
0: Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us for tonight's training. Now, obviously, in the the short time span that we have here, we're not really going to be able to break it down into the nitty gritty of all of the guidelines that are out there. The purpose of this is more of creating an awareness of what the underwriting process is so that we as loan officers, loan originators can have a better product because essentially what underwriters are reviewing is our product, our loan files, right? And as I'm reviewing some files for disclosures, every now and then I have to remind MLOs that the file that's being disclosed is a representation of them and they should make sure that stuff just like the basics, like dotting I's, crossing T's kind of stuff is there. Everything is correct because you don't want to inconvenience underwriters any more than they already are with their extreme workload that they have. You know, there's a certain etiquette that you want to follow here to ensure that your deal has the best chance in underwriting. So let's jump right into it here. So Loan underwriting, the importance of the process, the challenges, and the best practices. So getting into the very basic, you know, what exactly is underwriting, right? There's a lot of different type of underwriting that that goes on. Here in specific, we're talking about loans. It could be residential loans, commercial loans, you know, real estate related type loans. Of a purchase or finance, but underwriting also is a, it could be insurance companies, you know, all sorts of underwriting that happens because an underwriter basically is reviewing and analyzing the risk that is associated with whatever is the process that you're trying to do. In this case, our borrowers are, are applying for a loan, whether it be a loan to purchase real estate, or whether it be to finance something that they already own, either a and term or a cash-out refinance. But basically, the underwriter is a person that is responsible for right, reviewing the risk of that file. In this case, the loan file, they're going to review income, assets, debt, and property details to ensure eligibility according to a set of guidelines. There's risk management involved here, so you need to ensure that everything is properly assessed. All the different variables that you can be looking for, which we will break down a little bit later in the presentation. Loan underwriters also have to be concerned with all the different regulatory compliance, right? That's our favorite word there, right? to things like TILA, RESPA, and TRID, all different acronyms that you've all have heard in the industry. TRID being one of our favorite ones, especially when we're talking about disclosing a file within that three-day window that you have. Well, underwriters are looking at all those things, too, when that file comes in. That's a lot of that pre-underwriting that they do before they get down into the nitty-gritty. They check your disclosures, they check the IDs. But actually, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Uh, the underwriter is also, you know, responsible for protecting the institution, whatever institution they may be affiliated with, employed by. Uh, because in essence, again, we go back to reviewing risk, and underwriters also safeguard. Borrowers, right? Because in ensuring all that they do, especially the the regulatory compliance items, those are all pre- mainly to protect the borrowers. All the different disclosures. So, a loan underwriter is a pretty responsible job. Now, if you look at the history of what underwriting actually means, right? If when somebody underwrites something, they actually assume the responsibility for whatever may come about of that item. So when the underwriter manually underwrites a file and signs their name on that loan file, essentially they're saying they're responsible for making the decision to approve that loan file. So we don't have too much manual underwriting on residential nowadays, but that is where the term underwriting came from originally. So what are some of the duties that your underwriter does? Well, we were talking about it now. They evaluate different factors to determine risk. The intertwining theme here is risk, right? What is the risk associated to, to the institution associated with that particular asset which happens in our case to be a loan. Now, that risk is going to be reviewed in a couple different channels. You're either going to have an automated type initial risk review, like through AUS, which is how our agency loans get underwritten, or you're going to have a a manually underwritten process, like through non-QM, or our FHA manual underwrites or our VA or USDA manual underwrites. So you could have either AUS or you could have a manual underwrite as the the vehicle, let's say, to determine the risk, the risk assessment. And then depending on your loan type, obviously, if you have full alt doc, the risk review, in this case, you're going to be reviewing are four different categories here, income, credit, assets, and property. Uh, And again, the intertwining theme that you can see there is guidelines, because if it's AUS, the guidelines are built into the DU. DU is the filter, as I like to say, and does all of that initial work for you. And then the underwriter's job there is just to verify the information.
1: Right. And
0: for you know, inaccurate data and all that kind of stuff. But again, if if there is an income review, it's going to be either DTI or DSCR. It's going to be according to whatever guidelines are applicable. The same for the credit review. One of the pinch points in credit review may be either credit score or trade lines related. I'm not going to get too deep into any of these categories, but just. Couple of different things. So the income review is going to be either DTI or DSCR. Credit review, credit score, and or trade lines related, according always to guidelines. Again, if we go back to AUS, it's DU either gonna like it or it's not gonna like it. If it doesn't like it, that's it. You're done if it's a, if it's a conventional loan. Otherwise, you could go manual. Assets review. The same according to guidelines, but your main concerns there are going to be seasoning, sourcing, and reserves. Now remember, we have we have solutions in our five thousand different product offerings for all of these scenarios. So we're never really going to get into that. We're just talking about an underwriter reviews an asset. That's usually what they're going to be concerned with: seasoning, sourcing, and reserves. And then obviously you have the collateral review or property review. In this case, we're going to be looking at an appraisal. And then one of the concerns usually there, again, seasoning on title for a refi, or if it's a purchase for the seller being on because it's a flip. So again, seasoning for the asset is important, but seasoning For the property, you know, because if you usually see getting something to consider, if you want to be able to get the maximum value for the asset, whether it is a purchase, because it's a flip 90 day rule or 180 day, depending on, again, the guidelines. So a lot of different things that the underwriters do when they're reviewing the loan, which is always going to depend on the loan type. And, obviously, if it's automated or manual. Now, what are some of the challenges, uh, underwriting challenges, right? Here, I'm going to really key in on one specific area. Obviously, it's going to be the loan originator, but, obviously, we're not the only uh, challenge, but... We're trying to add value here to our MLO team, right? So you're looking at inaccurate, incomplete, or missing data, which can be the result of different factors. It could be either the borrower that provided incorrect information. It could be... And I'm going to skip the loan originator, leave that one for last. It could be the appraiser, right? Maybe they made a mistake in the appraisal. Maybe there's reconsideration of value that has to come in. Maybe the underwriter didn't agree with the value and is asking them for more comps, right? Maybe MLO didn't like it, bar didn't like it, underwriter. Could be a lot of things wrong with the appraisal. It could be a title mistake, Or it could be something wrong with the credit bureaus or inaccurate data being reported. That's not my collection. That's not my charge-off. I mean, different scenarios. Or it could be the loan originator who is not putting together a complete file, right? There's a lot of moving pieces to the loan and documents that should be provided, with that initial loan submission, uh, letters of explanations, if you want to be proactive in certain situations. Uh, so you know, when we're reviewing the file, I mean, at the mortgage calculator, obviously we have our team leaders and management and a lot of guidance here. So that when you do disclose a file, we always like to make sure it's as complete as possible. So I mean, we do see shortcomings in the industry in general when the loan originator does not submit a complete file, especially if it was a file that may have had some inherent weaknesses to begin with. That file may not stand a good chance of getting approved uh, just because it was not complete. So, whatever shortcoming it had is further going to be compounded by the fact that it was just hazardly put together right? And this is an individual, the borrower, who we have a fiduciary responsibility to put forth the best product for their loan application, right? We're the licensee, so we always have to make sure that we are, are as complete as possible so that our the underwriter isn't facing a challenge from us, from our file, from things that are just very obviously an I to dot or a T to cross, just basic information, basic data, which is easy to provide. I'm not talking about like an out of the ordinary condition that you knew no idea, some obscure condition in the guidelines. We're talking about basic application data that is expected to be completed for every file. So remember loan originators, uh, keep the underwriters happy by having uh, submitting a as complete a file as possible. And you're probably also going to co- keep your intake processor also very happy, by the way. So other underwriting challenges are automation versus human judgment. In other words, AUS versus manual. That's always evolving. Regulatory changes and compliance changes. Those are things that are always seems to be a moving target, as we are ourselves know in the origination industry. Keeping up with tech advancements and AI, right? We just had a training on that the other day. AI in the loan mm-hmm. industry. Policies and procedures gaps. And when I'm referring to policies and procedures of a for a loan, for a lender, for an investor, we're going to be talking about. Guidelines, right? If there are gaps in the guidelines that may not cover certain parts of the loan, you're sort of navigating in the dark. Tough for an underwriter to deal with those situations. That's where they have to make that judgment call. And obviously, fraud—just straight out fraud—is always a big challenge. Now, there's a lot of different fraud that that goes on, from white collar crime to cyber crime. So A lot of different ways, all the way to the loan is closing and the wire information gets intercepted. So be aware. So, what are our best practices here? So, you know, what can we take away from this as MLOs and, you know, as underwriters, right? Well, first and foremost, my first bullet point there. MLO should always submit as complete a file as possible. And I know that's pretty obvious information, right? But sometimes restating the obvious is necessary because it is that important, right? Always try to dot your I's, cross your T's, don't wing it. We always want to make sure that we have clear policies and procedures and or guidelines that that the underwriting guidelines exist, and then obviously that we, because we have to, you know, look at both sides of this equation, and that we also, as MLOs, review all those guidelines and make sure that the product that we're submitting conforms. Because basically everything that we're looking at here, you could consider it as an MLO when you are going to pre-underwrite your file. So I like to pre-underwrite all my files to make sure that they're gonna close. I don't like to just, you know, just throw it up at the dartboard and and hope that it sticks, right? Bracing technology is another very important best practice, one that we here at the Markets Calculator are definitely following with the, all of the developments that we're doing with AI. Effective communication, right? When that underwriter sends out that approval or suspense or denial, whatever it may be, they have to communicate clearly what is needed. And likewise, you as an MLO should always ensure that you are communicating effectively, including as much detail. If it's if it's in the infancy stage, of whatever it is that you're trying to do, like the the scenario part of the transaction, then obviously include as much information as possible. Or if you're reaching out to the scenarios desk, at the company or scenarios desk, at an investor, don't just reach out with general information where nobody can really assist you. And again, that sounds pretty obvious, but uh, sometimes we get into these email threads of five, six, seven exchanges before we actually get information that we can assist with So, again, effective communication. Consistent risk assessment. Underwriters are always going to be using different scoring models uh, that are going to be pointing out uh, certain red flags. And those are all things that are available to us to review as well. They review the same information that we review. Fraud guard, the credit report when it shows all the, shows you all the different alerts. And then all of a sudden, we're surprised when we're getting conditioned for something that was right there in the credit report, address mismatch, social security number mismatch, you know, just the different basic stuff that you have to look at. And the collateral, obviously, very important for complete review to ensure that you're meeting all the guidelines. Again, we go back to seasoning um distance this is pretty basic sounding stuff but it's just again we're everything referring back to the guidelines can't stress enough about guidelines that's why you know we have guidelines in our knowledge center in our in our CRM where you can just click the link and you have all the guidelines right there of everybody who we are approved with as a lender and last but not least adequate due diligence. mentioned a couple of times earlier, the underwriter is definitely going to verify all the information. There's a number of different ways they verify information. For example, tax transcripts uh, is how they verify income. If it's a full doc file, tax transcripts, I remember back in the days were never, were not a thing, but definitely after Dodd-Frank Every loan that is originated has a tax transcript associated with it if tax returns were given for the loan. It's pulled prior to closing. You give tax returns, you got to give a tax transcript. So a lot of verifications that have to occur, and we have to be aware of what the underwriters are going to be looking at so that we can be preemptive and proactive in the way that we're reviewing our file and try to have as complete a file as possible to ensure that it's going to close because there's a lot of things that come into play. Right now, Everyone, there's a lot of competition in the market. And if you do get a deal, everybody wants you to close on time. So it's more important than ever to analyze all of the information that we've presented and use it to your advantage to have as complete a file as possible so that your file is going to close in 30 days or less. So you're not going to have to weigh the customer down with the rate lock extensions and the costs associated with those. A lot of different things or worst case that the seller doesn't want to extend the file. You didn't have to clear to close in time due to underwriting delays. And the seller doesn't want to extend. So, I mean, this this we can go really deep with how important it is to you know, have a nice, complete file so that you can meet the target.
1: All right, I don't see any questions here, but uh, definitely some good stuff to know on our end. I think the theme of that, Jose, I just keep coming back to is just submit a clean file. You know, one thing that we've talked about before is that, you know, the underwriter is going to like you a lot more with a clean file. And when you start submitting the bad stuff, you get on their bad side. That's just human nature, right? I mean, you submit a sloppy file, they're naturally going to be annoyed whether, you know, they, they even know so or not, you
0: know? I mean, frankly, yes. I, if I was an underwriter, I would consider that, if somebody just is spraying and praying and throwing it at my direction, I'm going to consider that disrespectful. If they are submitting such an incomplete file and expecting the underwriter to, you know, tell them everything they need to do, <laughs> and then sending conditions piecemeal one at a time is also not going to win you any awards with underwriters,
1: absolutely. It'll go to the bottom of the pile, like you say sometimes, right, Jose? The, the ones where they know you're just sending them a bunch of stuff and piecemeal yeah. and stuff, those are going to go to the bottom of the file. And the one the files that they open up and speak to them are going to get underwritten right away.
0: Oh, yeah, that file gets approved the same day it's opened up. You know, that's approval in four hours from submission.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. We got another topic for tomorrow because we do this every Tuesday and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, where we go through a different loan topic. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Jose. We'll see you all tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the next episode of the Loan Officer Training Series with the Mortgage Calculator. Take care, everyone. Have a good night.
0: Loan officers, join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation.